Welcome to Archetypes and the Planets, where Andre Carr and I, Bea Gonzalez, invite you to think metaphorically as we explore how we have collectively translated the map of the sky into our mythologies, religious systems, and personal psychology. All right, so we have reached Pluto. Not the final one, because we will eventually next time have to talk about the demotion of Pluto, uh, because that's, and probably we'll talk about it now to give way to Eris, but let's just stick with Pluto right now. I feel when you're talking about Pluto, you might want to give a trigger warning to people before in the old style, like what's coming isn't necessarily easy. Uh, but of course, you know, the fact is it's just one of many archetypal forces with both a positive and a negative expression. So first of all, tell us how Pluto comes into consciousness, just following the idea that a planet gains an archetypal uh, post-Saturnian or beyond Saturnian uh, planet gains their signification from the moment that it is sighted for the first time. So tell us about that. Well, it's discovered in the 1930s, concurrent with uh, world turmoil. There were uh, a lot of problems in the world at the time. There's a lot of uh, disarray, some of it coming from the First World War, etc. But the main point is there began to build a pretty noticeable fascistic um, energy throughout the entire planet involving Europe mostly, but also Japan. Um, and then, um, so, Italy. It, well, Italy is, is Europe, so no, sorry, Germany, right. uh, Russia, etc. So, uh, that's one really obvious uh, pattern that is concurrent with the discovery. The other one would be the emergence of nuclear power, nuclear discoveries. That followed Einstein's work earlier in the century, but it, it seemed to coalesce around that time. And later, though, I don't know that it was really obvious at first, but it, certainly historically, the beginning of uh, matters related to psychotherapy, uh, uh, psychology, and psychiatry, and uh, separately vaccines, which are you know mm -hmm. extremely controversial now or became controversial, but they originate in the Plutonian period. And if you think about it, with Pluto, Pluto as the the lord of the underworld, quite literally, you know that fascinating story that seems so synchronistic around the discovery, well, the discovery and then the naming of Pluto, because right. the naming, the naming, at first I thought, oh, this had to be someone who was uh, studying archetypes and myths. Not at all. It was a young girl who happened to have, have an interest in it at that age, never followed up on it at all. She became an accountant or something completely different that had nothing to do with Pluto. But Pluto was, she's born with Pluto conjunct the sun, but not, not too, too conjunct at age zero. And at age 11, it's totally conjunct. And then she names Pluto, oh, wow. and then Pluto, and then you ask yourself, like, how is this possible that something right. so, uh, so, but well, not random exactly, but synchronistic through the through the world of astronomy, uh, labels the planet in this way, right. and you see all these patterns uh, developing, and so all of that in 1930s, then there was the nuclear bomb in the in the 1940s, and the one thing. It, that I think is important to realize too, though, is that you might think that because it's concurrent with fascism, that that's what then developed, but that's not what developed. Right. It was something that the world went through. And uh, if anything, it became more democratic 
after that, after the crisis right. was experienced. Yes. So that was 1930 when it was actually first cited. And that story about the young girl is great because I think there was a competition. And the reason she, there was a couple of stories I've heard. Either there was a competition or she was related somehow to Percy Lowell. But the 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 question, I think she had a dog named Pluto. And that's how she ended up thinking of the name Pluto, which of course fit the entire naming of the planets up to that point, because they were all named after these gods. Um, uh, the other thing is, is the, uh, on the issue of vaccines, I want to be clear here. Uh, one of the, one of the significations of Pluto is transformation, right? That's the yes. higher level modern spin so that we don't have to deal with the things that are dark because, but, but I think there is something to it. There's a very big thing to it. If you can withstand it, vaccines literally transformed humanity by it was one of the two things along with antibiotics that don't come too much later they come in the 40s that actually uh well widespread in the in the 40s that actually increased life expectancy so what we're going through right now is insane uh because people don't know the history of medicine that was my background so uh when i look at the actual data and you look at what how it impacted people how how much it, it uh it's the difference basically between people are very confused about like expectancy they think that in the 1800s, no one lived to be 70, 80. Plenty of people did if they survived childhood disease. How do you survive childhood disease? Right? Through vaccination. So I just want to make that clear because when you said that, yeah. I, I because we're about to talk about Pluto and there could be somebody listening who says, see, it was discovered through Pluto and Pluto is also <laughs> the topic. Yeah, no, well, no, right. But see, the Pluto, the logic of Pluto is, or rather the logic of vaccines through Pluto is you're introducing a small amount of the death, yes. the poison, and this conditions your body to then resist it. It's right. brilliant. It is brilliant. Uh, it's totally brilliant. But, and by the way, it was first, uh, I, I think, I'd have to go back, but I think the first vaccine might have, I'll have to check this, but there was a possibility it was actually administered during the Pluto's last uh, reign through Aquarius, where it is now. Because, of course, one thing we should mention, Pluto has a 250-odd year or 56, I think, year orbit. 50. Yeah, 250. So it takes a long time for the Pluto to get to the place that it is now. So uh, Pluto was in Aquarius, where it just entered now, now retrograding into Capricorn. Last in Aquarius, late uh, 1770s till about 1798, 97 or 98. Uh, and I believe that might have been the first time of the smallpox, the first ever vaccine might have been introduced during that period, where Edward Jenner actually developed through cowpox, which, you know, has was just monumental. Smallpox was such a killer. People, I don't think, realize we live in a world where we don't see that death the way that it was all ever present in in the in the past. So that's one thing on the on the issue of the atom bomb, which of course is the 1930s. Is the the one thing you didn't mention, but you obviously know is that of course the 30s was also the Great Depression. So it was a really mm -hmm. dark era in so many levels, right? Uh, but the 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 thing about the the atom bomb is Alan White, this astrologer who, I, who used to talk about Pluto, is making small things big and big things yes. small, and that mm -hmm. that is such an apt uh, definition of what happens with something so potent that comes from such a small thing. So now we look at archetypally. We know it's 1930. We know that uh, there was a lot of controversy. I looked into this. At the beginning, astrologers wanted to bring it in, but they didn't really know. And there was some arguments. Does it mean anything? I think this is typical of what happens when a new body is sighted. But I think mm -hmm. with Pluto, it is so, uh, I don't know about your feeling about this or not feeling, but experience, which is better in this case. But 
to me, a Pluto for being so small, first of all, let's look at it archetypally. What, what is it related to mythologically? Well, it is the literal Lord of the underworld. There, there is no, there's very few stories of Pluto. The, the one is the abduction of Persephone into the underworld, um, which, which creates spring and summer, it creates a whole story, Demeter and, and uh, Persephone. And so this isn't a very nice story. <laughs> Somebody is abducting someone into the underworld is, uh, is probably the ultimate, uh, the, the ultimate not fun story. However, if you look at it archetypally, psychologically, I think it can have other meetings. How are we hijacked? Let, let me reinterpret that story for, for people. Persephone is a 17, 18-year-old dancing around, not very serious about life, blah, 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 you know, looking, smelling the flowers, uh, completely connected to her very strong mother Demeter, and she's abducted. What does that mean? What happens when you're in a, in a Pluto transit? You are literally abduct, abducted by powers beyond your control, right? Things you mm -hmm. cannot control. And you are taken into the underworld. It could be through a death. It could be through divorce. It could be through the end of a career. It could be through an illness. But you're abducted, right? And mm -hmm. one could argue that, and this is a very key component of that story, she cannot back, come back. I mean, Demeter, the mother, goes crazy and starts you know, creating problems for, for all, all earthlings until she finds her daughter. And that is why the head gods say, okay, well, she can come back up. But Pluto offers her, Hades offers her some pomegranates seeds and she eats six of them and that's why she has to come she has to stay six months in the underworld well i think you can look at that as anybody who's ever been through a pluto transit and we could talk about later maybe mundane astrology and how you can see this represented in the, in the country's chart anybody who's ever been through a pluto transit has eaten six pomegranate seeds they are never going to be the same it is a transformation and this is where the concept of transformation comes into being but man it's a difficult transformation i don't think you can act like it's all you know all rainbow and roses and you're kind of abducted and then you come back it's a difficult transit i mean what's your take on this yes it's true it's true well i say lord of death death is transformation and the way i present it in in consultations is that people go through often several uh major minor pluto transits during their lives and what that does is transform them change them through the through the energy of transformation which is what it is and uh, it's also true that pluto because it's the primordial transformation energy is the most useful when you really want to change when you, you when you say i used to be that way and now i'm a different way in a palpable unimagined i mean there's it's completely true. It's not made up. It's not uh, halfway there. It's fully there. It's very useful. But like any any archetype, it, uh, archetypes have positive and negative energy, or you could say high energy, low energy, however you want to describe it. And things can go really wrong in, in that, for example, a person can experience a transformation that is that really breaks them, and they may not be able to return. Or uh, the other possibility, when you think of Pluto, uh, you know, Pluto, Pluto and criminality, for instance, they go really yes. well together. <laughs> and so, like when you think of, for instance, I mean, what, what are what are fascists onto? You know, fascists are ultimately they're criminals. They're, yeah, they're people that are enslaving other people and telling them a story. Yeah. And so, you can get the most entrenched, you know, uh, committed uh, criminal types with uh with strong pluto energies this this speaks to the idea of where are you in the archetype where are you functioning around this yeah. uh, but that it's a extremely powerful energy yes and this notion of the very small becoming very big another 
uh, factor, hence nuclear energy, you're actually right. splitting atoms, you know, where right. it's totally invisible and creating this tremendous force. And then doing that in a sense within your own psyche. Uh, sometimes, for example, a great example of this would be a, a change you make of something apparently very simple that becomes extremely powerful in your life. You know, one single decision, for example, that you decide to make, uh, maybe you abandon something. Pluto and abandonment are uh, yeah. tend to be you know, very linked. So that, that that's where you also see that you know, some of those jokes about how uh, Saturn's only friend is Pluto and with friends like that, you don't need any enemies. But it's the logic that Pluto and Saturn are more like each other than say, Pluto and Jupiter, for example, it, yeah, yeah. Pluto and Saturn have have that quality about them, um, right. where you're, uh, I guess, working with the darker energies. Right, yes. right. It's funny. I was thinking of uh, one way to explain to people just how powerful Pluto is: is to a mention that people generations carry Pluto placements, so it's not a personal planet. In other mm -hmm. words, you are holding the same. You're part of a group that was born with Pluto in a specific place and everybody in your generation will be carrying the same thing. And because of its irregular orbit, it, it tends to stay longer in the signs uh, from Aries to Cancer and then a shorter time between Scorpio and uh, I guess Libra right up to uh, Capricorn. So we're living at a really interesting time because some people will actually see the Pluto opposition, which is really rare. And it's only because we happen to be born at a time when Pluto was staying, for example, I right. think in Scorpio, it stayed only 12 years or so. So really zoom through there and thank God. But one one way I tell my group is that to look at the ingress of Pluto. When when it goes into a sign, what, what happens? What are the big issues that, that come out? So Pluto goes into Virgo in my generation. Well, first, the, the Pluto and Leo generation, I think are really the boomers, the people who are really... Um, you know, into uh, 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 changing, transforming the world through music, through so many things, right? The Leo things. Right? These are the people that uh, came came of age in the 60s. Uh, the Pluto in Virgo that goes right into the mid 70s, that I think is more, that, that's the group that starts becoming more interested in laws around environment and a whole bunch of issues that, uh, that, that come online at that point. Pluto and Libra, late 70s, um, you start, well, I guess, in the 70s, generally, in the early 70s, 70s. to the end, right? Uh, you, you, your relationships become the big issue, Libra relationships, right? So people start uh, really questioning, uh, yeah, the, the traditional relationships start changing. So you start getting more live-in relationships, gay relationships become more open, etc. Then it goes into Scorpio, and I believe that was in 82 or so. And what happens? The AIDS crisis hits. Scorpio sex and death, right? And I, you know, I remember that. Everybody's terrified. You're going to die. In fact, many of our, uh, think of Freddie Mercury, so many people we lost to AIDS at the beginning because there was no solution. So that's about in mid-80s. And then when it leaves and it goes into Sagittarius, well, what are the big issues then? Sagittarius beliefs, Pluto, you know, we start getting the problem of fundamentalist uh, beliefs that are blowing things up, uh, you know, uh, and so you get that extreme. What happens when it goes into Capricorn, sign of banks and structures and government? The banks fall in 2008, right? Boom. So we've mm -hmm. just had the ingress into um, Aquarius, where now it's retrograding back into Capricorn and we'll be back into Aquarius for sure. But we're looking at the next 20 years, which are basically Aquarian. What was in the news the entire time? When it ingress, AI, the fear of AI, we are really heading into, and it is such an Aquarian theme, you know, the perfectibility. And so one thing I look at, because I'm really interested in historical cycles, I look, well, when was it last there? 
It was there, as I said, between 1770-something, late 70s, 1770s, till about 1797. And those were really dramatic change times for humanity, right? Uh, you know, Industrial Revolution, French Revolution, American Revolution, everything crazy, right? Uh, but change, radical, radical change. And it really did involve a different conceptualization. And this is what I think is going to be interesting in the next 20 years of what it meant to be human. See, the philosophy had to change for you to decide that a country now had people with citizens in it and not just people who are slaves, serfs, uh, you know, uh, peasants, whatever. You have to have look at humanity in a very different way. And a whole bunch of different uh, philosophers like Rousseau, yeah, people are there formulating new ways of looking at human, human, the human. So I just found it fascinating that Pluto going into Aquarius has the same question coming into, into the foreground, but now it's about computers. Are computers human? Do they have, are they sentient? Are they going to be able to, you know, basically do a sudden because we've created something we have no control over? I just find it absolutely fascinating. And I believe the next 20 years are going to be, it's like you put on a runaway car and you can't stop it. You can, you can do all you want. You can, you can decide, oh no, we're going to stop it. It's not going to happen. And so I think what we have to do just like, and, and I'm going to give the example of the French revolution, which I've mentioned before, it starts off with being, yes, let's reform. And then it becomes radical in its reforms and it starts cutting everybody's head off because what happens is the more you go into it, the more radical it becomes, the more suppression until it basically kills itself out. Like it just blows itself up. And, and I was thinking about another thing, which, which might or might not relate to this. And that is, believe it or not, the story of Snow White. Snow White, not the Disney version, but the fairy tale version. Just bear with me. I know it sounds kind of stupid, but it's going somewhere. Um, I remember when I was in, doing history, one of the things that becomes evident in the late 18th century is people start getting a sense of themselves as individuals, okay? They see themselves. Mm -hmm. And you know how they track this? Through diaries, people start talking. Through the fact that people started having bedrooms, not sharing uh, sleeping spaces. And here's the one that I'm really interested in, uh, the proliferation of mirrors. Prior to that time, people didn't really uh, have mirrors. It was not available to the to the to uh, anything but the upper classes. Suddenly people start seeing themselves, like, who, who am I? And I think of Snow White as a traditional story where, and I think this is a Pluto story about archetypal evil. There is such a thing as archetypal evil. People, and we see it today, right? People who, who, who will actually push their view of life, born of envy, born of greed, born of whatever, to the point of self-destruction. All right. So Snow White is a mother, a stepmother who is willing to try to destroy this young girl because she's so envious that when she looks in the mirror, the mirror who tells her the truth is telling her, no, you are not the fairest. You're not the most beautiful. You are, you are, your, your stepdaughter is. So she goes to all these, you know, if you actually read the, the tale, there's, she tries to kill her in three different ways and finally succeeds. Okay. But it's born, she is willing, by the way, she is willing to destroy herself, to destroy that child. And in the end of the grim story, she does, she dances herself to death. That's how she's gone. And so, and, and she actually, there's a line where she says, I am willing to give up everything, including my own life, to be able to get rid of this. And so I, I think of archetypal evil in that Plutonian sense, because one thing that came out of the 1930s with these movements, I'm going to eliminate an entire race or I'll eliminate entire groups of people because they don't fit whatever I think. And I will destroy myself if it has to be because I'm so driven. And so that I think is the danger. And I'm sorry I went into a, into a fairy tale, but fairy tales are extreme archetypal. They tell you what's really working at, at the heart. Yeah. And by the way, just for the people who know that, who, who, who mistakenly think that this fairy tale ends with a kiss at the end. No, that's not what happens. What happens is uh, 
she Snow White is sitting in her coffin and there's some sort of like mayhem. Anyways, somebody trips over something, it hits the casket, a tree or a, a limb. Anyway, what happens is that the, the it hits Snow White in the casket and it dislodges the apple from her throat and then she wakes up. So there was no kiss. That's a Disney thing that they keep doing to to all young girls. Anyway, just interesting from the mirror, the idea that I think what Pluto gives us is a mirror. Okay. And you can either look at yourself deeply. I think that's the gift Pluto can give you, where you go inside and you say, what am I driven by? What psychological forces? You noted that in the 30s, there was a real uh, coming online of psychoanalysis as a, you know, uh, as a mm-hmm. movement. Are you willing to look inside and not project all of your Pluto power, disempowerment, craziness onto the outer world? We know that a lot of people aren't doing that work. And and it's it's scary. And I think that's why the 30s were scary. This elemental forces are released but the only way you can actually not be subject to them, the only way you can go to a rally, a Hitler rally, right, and not be seduced by the lunacy is by being so congruent internally that you think this is lunacy. This this makes no sense. So this is the problem with these forces. They're very large, but you need the small work of going inside and saying, you know what? Starts with me. I cannot, I cannot further this. And that's what I see as the difficult work. I don't know if I rambled on for so long, you can now come and <laughs> say what you think of all this. Right. Yeah. No. I, what you're saying is, is 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 correct. It's the the it's a dark force, and in the 30s, uh, you know, you can argue why there's, for example, the whole German thing. They had been. I, I don't really know exactly. I have to study it. Why they got involved in the First World War? There was some conflict there in the First World War. Germany was at the center, and they lost, and then they were very resentful. That's what. Um, uh, Hitler was exploiting, you know, the sense of grievance of uh, how, they, how they, they were mistreated and so forth. Uh, but still, the impulse is to is to gather power and then impose it on others. Yes. And, and and so there, it's a, it's a definitely a dark force. I think that the Pluto energy in a personal chart is the closest thing you can you can point to as what is known in psychology as the shadow energy in a person's in a person's psyche and you could you could say something along the lines of a shadow often being a force in you that perhaps comes in fact if you think of the german psyche the sense that the germans are feeling humiliated by what had happened and so now they want revenge they want to build themselves up through through owning more power and subjugating other people. And this can happen to an individual. For example, uh, in, uh, if a person has experienced some kind of abuse in their in their young years, there's a humiliation, there's a disempowerment. Yes. And then that becomes the shadow, which is the, that part of the self that wants to restore the balance, restore the power. And so then you see this uh, quite often that people that have been subject to abuse then abuse others, you know, because yes. that's yes. the way to... To restore confidence, which of course is not a good thing, and the only way you would, you know, ultimately transform the energy in a wholesome way would be to go within, study yourself, tune in, meditate, do psychoanalysis, do counseling, and come to grips with what is going on in there and let it go. Like in the words of one teacher that I remember studying at length, and the way he put it was, everything that comes up comes up in order to go away. Yes. Well, that's true if you realize that that's true. But if it comes up and you hold on to it, 
you know, a lot of demons come up, you know, tempting you with, oh, you should just go and do this. Then you'll feel better. Go and do some awful thing. You might in the short term, but in the longer term, you're perpetuating the shadow yeah. and it'll eventually, you know, it'll own you. You become, yeah. you, in fact, that's where you're being, you're held captive. You're, you're in the underground permanently. You never come up to the top. You know, and that whole thing too about, this is where the archetypes will get very interesting because then you might even say, it's a necessary archetype in human life because maybe everybody has to be willing to, in a sense, enter those dark places to gather energy and bring it forth into the light. What you don't want to do is stay in the dungeon forever. That's not a good plan, no, obviously. No, right? no. no. And, and I mean, there's two ways of looking at it. There is the Pluto uh, story that may be encoded in your own chart. So people are born with harsh Pluto aspects, like a conjunction or opposition or a square, let's keep it simple, to a personal planet. That's hard. That's that's hard because it's like you are carrying that archetypal force everywhere you go. <laughs> I mean, we all have Pluto somewhere, but if it's wired into personal planets, it means that you can't really, let's say the moon, you can't really meet issues around nourishment, around the mother without bringing Pluto, the abduction into the story. And, you know, Alice Howell, I've mentioned her before, has often said that she was a Jungian analyst as well that and, and an astrologer and and she often mentioned that it's not that the mother may even be that pluto character she may not be the evil stepmother but your glasses that you're wearing will perceive that situation as a situation of disempowerment because she couldn't give you the love that you wanted and so you do feel or she's too obsessive in your view she doesn't give you the freedom and so you feel abducted and that feeling is one that disempowers you and so what you do is there are two ways if you did some inner work i think you could say oh okay this is originating in me i have to find ways to empower myself but often that is projected. And that's, I think, what you're talking about, the shadow. I will argue that every planet has a shadow. I think Pluto just has a particularly difficult one to deal with because it is so archetypal. It is so beyond consciousness that unless you're a very aware person, and I think that takes requires a lot of work, more work than most people are willing to do, because it does require one of the words I think associated with, willpower, with uh, Pluto is willpower. It takes a lot of willpower to do this kind of work. Uh, I think you tend to project it. You tend to find it in groups that you think are holding the same thing that you are. You'll find it in a philosophy. You will find Pluto wherever the heck it's easiest for you to actually deal with it mm -hmm. instead of it being an interior force. So I don't know if you find that, but in the charts I've looked at, I do find that it being, uh, Pluto is wired in. It is a constant issue that you're going to have to deal in life. And you could almost say that is your task in life to become really uh, acquainted with these with these powers, these archetypal forces that are within you, so that you're not consistently attracted to ways to resolve them that I think are more problematic, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's correct. That's entirely correct. The, the Uranus, Neptune, Pluto, the and Eris, the uh, you know, and anything beyond, but especially up to Eris, because Eris is the one that is most responsible for displacing Pluto, you know, through the argument and so forth. Yes. Uh, so yeah, no, absolutely. That 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 is the 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 internal work, and you could argue Pluto more in that sense, in that because that is the beginning of psychology and psychiatry, which you know before people had similar problems, but it's only then that it be it became how would you say it in vogue to okay, I'm going right. to go talk to this person, right. like yeah, the Freudian. Uh, with Freud and Jung, both, uh, all, all of that is related to Pluto. Right. You're doing a, an exploration of these inner drives, what's going on in there, and then how you might resolve the, right. the issue. Right. Right. And, and yeah, it's not, uh, yeah, people, anybody would, most people would agree, it's not simple work. It's, no. it's, uh, no, it's complicated. It
The, the other way you greet Pluto and everybody will if they live long enough is through a Pluto transit, which typically takes three years to resolve because of the nature of how it moves. It will hit once, then retrograde, hit again, mm. and then hit again on the way out. And mm. I think when you see people that go through this, there is a transformative uh, three years, right? You start mm. the first time, it really hits. You take into the underworld a new situation. You have no idea what's, what's going to happen to you. And then through that process of going through it, you know, you emerge on the other side. Now, how you emerge on the other side will depend on what you did during those three-year periods, right? Uh, sometimes uh, people are defeated completely, but some other people do go into psychoanalysis. They do go into meditation retreats and ways try, try to find ways to come to terms with something that feels so powerful and so overwhelming. And so, yeah, so it, it, but we will, everybody will meet it at some, some point or another. And those periods are intense. If you do a survey of people, you'll think, yeah. And sometimes it's not so obvious. Sometimes it's that something in their psyche changed almost, they think naturally, but it probably was working towards that. And the whole life in the other world starts changing because you think, oh, this marriage doesn't work for me anymore, or this job, this career I chose. So there are moments, that's, I think, where the word transformation comes in, but I don't think that they're necessarily easy. In any way you couch it, if you look at the stories, I never think that this is an easy transformation. It's one where you're really made to work through a whole bunch of unpleasant things. That's why Pluto is associated with the underworld. The underworld is what we do not apprehend about ourselves. And it's a scary, scary place because it's yeah, not well, what you can see and touch. Right. I mean, you can see practical examples that probably the most glaring, obvious Plutonian cycles and these are more likely to happen to people that have Pluto active in their chart, yeah. uh, wired somewhere to planets, personal planets especially, is the in relationship. And, and this, this is something that tends to be the pattern, the more common pattern, at least for now, is for women to project the Pluto onto the male because Pluto, Pluto is actually uh, as the higher octave of Mars. I think that's a good a good way to understand Pluto. It's it's Mars taken to a an extreme level. So it's it's the ultra male. Like when you think of toxic masculinity, there's a Plutonian quality to that. All you have to do is look at a someone like Hitler, for example. He's doing Pluto. Yeah. So then uh, what can happen is the female energy is drawn to that as a source of power. And of course the irony is that usually women that are drawn to that power have Pluto also in their own chart. Yeah. Then what happens is in the initial stages, the male energy is ultra dominant, and the and the female may even enjoy that and like that. But then, in due time, they realize, wait a second, I'm being controlled, dominated, you know, insulted, put down, and then they fight back to the you know great chagrin of the male who thought he had <laughs> he thought he had power. this this power, but now he loses the power, and then he has to experience his own brutal crisis as a result. And it's really, in a way, you could say that it's a it's an energy that. The problem is that it's not balanced. It's no. really literally not balanced. And so then corrections have to happen. Uh, growth has to happen, but it may not. For example, that male may go on to look for another female that is receptive in that way and do the trip over and over because their psyche is wired that way and they cannot get out of the, right. the, the pattern that they've established. Or the woman, likewise, maybe she emerges and that never happens again, or it could be continuing. You know, right. if there's not find enough. somebody else to hold it, yes. Exactly. And so then, and when you think about it, what solves that? Some kind of awareness of what is going on. Right. So you can no longer repeat the, right. the same right. the same pattern. I remember you used to say with Pluto that you have to learn how to own your own power. 
because yeah. if you don't own your own power, you will be owned by someone who can 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 latch on. Uh, it's interesting. There's a lot of stories around this. Again, the fairy tales, Bluebeard. Uh, there's the famous story of the 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 young woman who marries this guy who she. And, and this, I, the way I teach it is, who should have known? She should have noticed he had a blue beard. That that's a that's a, you know, everybody was commenting on his blue beard, but she still marries the guy with a blue beard, which would give you a kind of um, uh, a hint that maybe something's off about this person. And then it turns out that you know, once she marries him, he tells her don't go into this specific door when he goes away. And she, of course, being like the cat, curious and the feminine that has the quality opens the door and finds all these dead wives that he's had before him. So then it's the story of how this woman avoiding the, the signs that she's marrying a guy with a blue beard has now found she married a, a serial killer who has all the bodies piled up. And the real story, because the stories, the way we look at them, are they're all parts of our own psyche. They're just different parts of ourselves. is she has to own her power to fight back. And eventually she summons the her brothers to help her and they kill Bluebeard. But her brothers are just her. They're the 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 example of how yes. when you own your own power as a woman or as a man anywhere, you will not be owned by Bluebeard. You will not be the uh you'll not end up in that room with the rest of the dead wives because you know enough to know that A, I don't need to get involved with a guy with a blue beard. And B, if I do, I have to have a better, you know, it's it's about it, a lot of it is instinctual, right? That you're not seeing right. what you're used to. And the other thing is, you know, I think I've said this before. It's in a James Hollis book. And I think everybody always gets a little bit, Ugh. but it's a, uh, it's a, he says about relationships that quoting somebody else. And I can't remember the poet's name. You seek the teeth to match your wounds. You seek the teeth to match your wounds. That's a very frightening idea, but it's a very real idea that people are constantly finding the people just you just described a situation where someone doesn't want to own their own very deep Pluto power, which is scary, which needs work. So they find somebody to play it out for them. And they say, look at this abuser or whatever. If you uh, work with it, these internal energies yourself, then I think it's easier to spot that blue beard. That's that's what I'm trying to say. Right. Right. That. Yeah. right. I mean, and, and to be fair, a person might as a result of their there, you can call it karma, you can call it whatever, ancestry, etc. A person can be born into a situation where they are great, they're uh, greatly disempowered. Yes. And so, yes. and so then in a way, that's what they are. They can't, it's not that they, of course, you could say you should uh, be good for you to learn about this power that's within you. They don't see it that way at all. They understand life being that way i i'm here and someone is going to control me it's just the nature of things and so sure enough such people appear and i know my own trajectory with the the plutonian energy what i noticed over the years is that that sense of your own pluto energy when it's really owned what's amazing about it is that the things that used to happen don't happen anymore in other words a person who who takes uh begins to own the power they don't even meet those people anymore. You know, the synchronicity of running into a person that tries to do something, it, it's almost like they know that, that that's not a good person to even try this with. They don't even bother because they know that immediately that Plutonian person can see through the... Right. the, the so it's like the logic, for instance, of someone's Pluto is really strong. They're not like as likely to be conned. They can tell... Uh, you know, that there's something happening that is not wholesome and that is trying to enslave them in some way. This, by the way, is in a way what we're seeing in the current political situation in, in, um, in the U.S. It's as though there are millions of people who do not have good connection to their Pluto and they're yeah. being led around by something that they think 
is the correct way to do things. This, this, you know, uh, Plutonian fascistic uh, approach to things. It, once you own that energy, you would never be receptive to that. No, you know, unless you yourself, true. unless you own it to to you yourself, be the, <laughs> you know, be the source of the of the fascist energy. But that's still the the dark side. Right, right. Yeah. It's interesting. I didn't want to imply that a, a person who's been victimized or abused is in any way responsible for the abuse. Mm. Uh, it's only no. that, the, the, look, someone asked about this on Instagram. I was quoting something and I said, there is no answer to abuse. There's no responsibility for you if you've been abused. The only thing you can do is reframe that story at some point. So it doesn't become right. the only story in your life, right? right? But, you know, there are people that are victimized horribly. And as you say, often because they were raised in situations where this was the status quo and they don't even recognize right. that they need to have strong defenses. So I'm really not saying that at all, but it is a problem and you do see it. And I think the bluebeard idea goes very well with an orange face or whatever way power is showing itself, right? Are you seeing, uh, you know, there's, we, we make jokes about it, but in a way it's like, a, are we seeing the signs of who is trying to lead through, because it's all power. Pluto is about raw power. These oh, people yeah. who are trying to be fascist are, power uh dominated they really want it uh with no responsibility by the way it's just all power being accrued to themselves and it's funny when Jung wanted to define love he said people always talk about love and hate being um opposites but he felt it was the power motive that was really the opposite of love because you're driven by power i pluto very very uh, much about that there is no connection to anybody there is just what you want there is that tunnel vision of the small that will find whatever it can where it can and it's, it ceases to see the whole and it's a very dangerous moment when people behave like that and are able to convince others that this is the way to behave because you've lost connection to not only the, the world at large, but to your own inner soul. Like, I mean, there's something that goes missing there that is really frightening. But again, it's hard to own these powers. They're not they're not easy to, to approach. So if we think about it switching a little bit because you brought in the political angle, you know, Pluto in the US chart right now, it's going through its first Pluto return, right? It's just a little bit beyond that. Although through procession, it probably is right there. Uh, without yes. getting into technical aspects, Pluto's in the air for, for the United States, has been in the air. Richard Tarnas actually gives very large orbs for mundane astrology, says it could be up to 15 degrees. And that kind of makes sense because I look at back to 2016, 2015, you've got a whole period of time where things are trying to transform, but they're going into the underworld. There's definitely an underground underworld journey that has occurred here. And not only there, I mean, to be fair, it's been happening in other places, but the U.S. is particularly, you're seeing it really in a, in a very emphasized way. So how do you link that Pluto story to the current U.S. since you do a lot of politics without getting into sides or whatever, just seeing what kind of, um, uh, and sides, by the way, I mean, I don't know why I'm saying that word, without getting into the specifics, more importantly, how are you seeing this manifest beyond, you know, the what may be obvious? Do you see any other ways that this, this is showing up as a way to transform the American psyche, uh, hopefully in the end? Well, I mean, Pluto, Pluto in the U.S. chart is, is um opposite opposite mercury and yes you with what Tarna says it's the idea of being on the opposite sign uh, can can be enough although I think the mercury is the more you know the more connected energy and you notice when Pluto enters Capricorn not right away but there's a uh, well in one sense transformation in that the first African American president that's already in a sense, a major step forward. I would I would consider that the uh, positive transformational energy of Pluto. Then there's the recoil, which we also saw throughout the planet, throughout the whole world. 
where the fascist energy seem, seemed to be gaining force. And the perception there is that, as I remember that looking at it, uh, Trump was elected with Pluto in the 16 or so degree range, which is precisely on the US sun if you precess it, but not if you consider that it's a 13 degree. So that three degree span is the 240 year recession period, right? So that's the height. That's when it's most dangerous. And it, it, separately, you would could also say that a planet in the middle of a sign is when it's fully entrenched in the sign. Yes. So the middle of a sign. So that's happening then. And uh, it, it always happens that when people get onto something, good or bad, they think, oh, this will last forever, which of course it doesn't because yeah. things are cyclical. So then it actually begins to lose steam. And a few years later, it's, you can see that it's changing. And so now enters Aquarius. In one sense, you have to go back to the formation of the country. The country at the time, Pluto being opposite like that describes how dangerous it was because they were at the time owned by, by uh, Great Britain and they wanted to break away. So in part, it's Uranus, freedom and all that, but Pluto too. Pluto is the, right. the that in you that says I'm breaking away from this, this uh, uh, you know, uh, slavery. Although, of course, people will say, well, wait a minute, but they also had slaves. Yeah, it's complicated. There were all kinds of problems. <laughs> all, all these things are happening at the same time. The point, though, is now it's switching to Aquarius. And you said earlier that uh, historically that period, which is post the American Revolution, starts a little after and then goes into the end of the century is a, a time of great transformation when people by and large gained they gained individuality rights right. some of it i wasn't aware about the mirrors but that's very that's fascinating because that's that's a, an individuation uh factor yeah. with some shadow qualities to it as well but whatever it's still it's still <laughs> it's still better than not so the point is now we're in the next Aquarian period my feeling is that for all the problems that it's going to bring about, and there are always problems, like AI being misused, groups, because Aquarius has a group energy uh, trying to take power that you know is misused, etc. Even so, Aquarius is a more instinctively more democratic sign than Capricorn. Capricorn is, is a dangerous sign that way because the institution can gain too much power, even if it's the institution of fascism. And this is why... Pluto and Cancer, the opposite sign of Capricorn, correlated with the exact same thing. When Pluto went into Leo, even though you might think Leo is the is the self, the individual, that's not when those people were successful. They were no. totally unsuccessful. They were taken out yeah. of, of play and more uh, democracy grew as a result. Right. So at least in a in a broad sense, I'm I'm happy that it's going into Aquarius. I would be really uh, if this were going into Capricorn now, then I'd be thinking, wait a second, hold on. This is really, really dangerous because then you'd be looking at 15 years allowing it to build and entrench, right? right. And it's leaving. And then separately too, you could also say the U.S. on its Pluto return, as in a way, how do you comment on Pluto returns unless you study a lot of those and they're not that easy to study. No. So, But you would think that, yeah, the U.S. is going to be a very different country um, going into the 21st century right. than it has been. Uh, one can only hope that uh, it doesn't become a, a, a dictatorship and that, that it remains uh, the way it is, because I think it is important uh, in, in the current world situation, you'd have to say that the, the Putinist approach and the Chinese approach are leaning more into the fascist side of yeah, sure. top-down, 
uh, order where you basically are saying to people, you do not have the capacity to manage yourselves. We will tell you what to do. You will follow the rules, uh, right? Whereas in the U.S., in a sense, it's a free-for-all right. in that, uh, you know, maybe in a sense people have too much power, but I think it's it's infinitely preferable. You know, sure, you, you can sure. compare these things yeah. to the cows come home, but no, uh, no. I mean, I'm sorry. No, of course not. I'm and and in, fact, in fact, when you say leading, I think they're already there with when it comes to Russia and, and China, that those are extremely repressive regimes who do keep their people very, very under control and actually impoverished in many ways. Um, and, and yeah, we do, do, you don't want to be like there, but there are enough elements who want power, who see this as a way to get power. And there are enough people that are willing to, and, and you know what you, you all have to, all you have to do is control media. You know, you're seeing a whole bunch of stuff. It's funny. I was thinking of the mirrors again, and I was thinking that with uh, Pluto and Aquarius, we're entering a time when everybody has a big mirror. It's called the internet and it's called people on Instagram looking at their faces all the time. The kids right. are my kids who are, you know, uh, kids of, you know, Gen Z. There are people that have a, a, a phone pointed at their face all the time, taking pictures of themselves. I, we have very few pictures of ourselves as young people because nobody had a camera in our faces. So they're, they're very self, that's the mirror, but that mirror is a very dangerous mirror because it's a mirror to the world with no, no controls. And so I think this is causing tremendous harm to young people. They don't, you know, they have to look a certain way. They, and, and so it'd be interesting to see how that in the era of AI, what's going to happen then you're already seeing people transforming their faces. More people are getting um, uh, plastic surgery than ever before, because there's too much zooming. You know, it's interesting how things go, change according, of course, to what's going on there. And Pluto's right. radical transformation. You can't get away from, from that. The other thing I would say about the U S chart, by the way, is that Pluto is in the second house. So plutocrats do really well in the United States. I think it's hard to fight that because when you have Pluto in the second Christ uh, house, plutocracy is just one of the things you create. So how to fight that, how to how to disempower that group so that they're not able to buy Supreme Court justices or to, you know, whatever they're doing on any given day, misuse power like that is really scary, you know, or buying Twitter and then, you know, doing yeah, crazy yeah. things. So yeah, it's another well, thing you have to face. I mean, the thing is, though, that you would think, provided the uh, the country stays on track, Pluto and Aquarius. The other thing that it's going to do is the Aquarius in the U.S. starts the third sign. That's the that's the place of media. Yeah. So media is actually the most important uh, uh, factor in any democracy because how do you know anything? You know, we yeah. talk about oh, I know this. No, you don't. I mean, it's your sources of media. And I, people complain, the U.S. has tremendous media. There are a lot of really good reporters oh, who yeah. find all kinds of stuff. And this is what fascists hate because yeah. they want to keep that under wraps. They don't want it known. This is Trump's panic all the time. Trump does not want the truth you know, to come out because the truth is horrible. But the media keeps finding it. And so to the extent that the media can be kept as pure as possible, as focused as possible, it's really, really good for democracy. And hopefully... Aquarius being third sign. It's going to be there for 20 years. Yeah, and, you know, then you have to improve it, transform it, and all those things, and Pluto can have that effect as well. But it's not good when you hear things like, for example, media is dying because, you, you know, newspapers aren't doing as well. Uh, people have to respect that and pay for it and, and keep it moving and keep reporters engaged, you know. Uh, it's in, interesting. In the I mean, one of the shadow sides and one of the, the possible problems you could have with the Pluto going through the third house of the U.S. chart is media 
dissembling into small groups and you're already seeing this where yes you know this yes. happened already right where people say i have the truth don't listen to the standard media, mm -hmm. uh, media. listen to this unproven cure or and it's been happening for a long time but it just got intensified with situations the way they are they were and that's a worry but it could also give you i think like we said pluto gives you the opportunity to reform that as well to say okay this doesn't work we've had a bunch of people misinforming right and you know to your point ProPublica which is a media outlet was the one that is that has been uncovering all this stuff recently okay mm -hmm. about uh, the Supreme Court justice uh, problems and you need people willing and you need the resources as a writer I can tell you there's nothing that bugs me more than people thinking they shouldn't pay for writing I mean how do you think these people support themselves? You know, it's it's insane. It's any content yes. creator. You're a content creator. You have to have time and resources. You just, you know, nobody's sitting yes. around wealthy saying, I'll just give you my time for free and let me give you all this information. These people have got to be paid. And that's another thing we'll have to face about how do we appropriately compensate people? Because otherwise you're right. You shut people down. They just, they say, okay, just give me whatever information you think I need to have. And then you're really in a scary time, which is what happens. The media is the thing everybody should be watching. And I am so perturbed by so many people coming in and and both siding media, you know, types of media and saying, well, all, all standard media, this is what Elon Musk has done. All mainstream media is, is horrible and, and deceptive. No. no, 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 that is not true. No. This is, by the way, can I give you that you talked about Mars and Pluto be related to the modern idea of octaves, right? Okay. That is a Mars and Pluto problem too. And I'll tell you how. The highest expression of the feminine is discernment. It's the ability to distinguish between Fox News and MSNBC and not say they're both the same. Do you know what I mean? Like that's discernment. That's discernment. You may not like what you call right. the left view, but one is not giving you misinformation and one hasn't paid right. $800 million to a company because you've been misinforming them. The fact that right. that cannot, the fact that these two things are being put in the same point, uh, the same uh, bucket, I think is a, a lack of shameful, lack of discernment. And if you keep not educating people to understand, right? And keep mm -hmm. politicizing everything. So everything is a matter of you taking right or left without this discernment, I think, yeah, we're in trouble. And again, this is the Pluto issue because it's telling you if you do not make these, if you do not investigate deeply, because Pluto, I think, would also, I think, um, rule things like investigative journalism, right? The things yes. where you really have to go into yes. some very young. So if you do not do the proper investigative work, and that means in yourself again. So please, right. you know, if you're putting on Fox News every day and screaming at the television with, with it, then there may be a problem with discernment going on, right? That you haven't sat down and say, am I really angry at these people they're telling me about? Or am I really angry and sad, which is what underlies anger, about something that happened to me early and I don't want to face it. So let me just scream at the TV. And so this is a really big problem, which, by the way, you brought up the other word psychotherapy psychoanalysis can actually help because <laughs> it's oh, saying gosh. let me guide you i will be your guide let's look inside because there's no need to be this angry if you're this angry this is not about some people who don't look like you this is about right. something you have not owned and maybe if we can help you we can we can help you through the dark night right it's difficult though i mean this is these are such complicated problems but i i think Honestly, the next 20 years, just like the last 20 years, are going to bring to light, because Pluto does that too, right? It brings to the <laughs> to the surface what you weren't paying yes. attention to before. Can I say that in looking at what went down in the United States over the last 20 years? I think, and it happened in Canada too with our mayor in Toronto, Rob Ford. One of the things that has revealed Pluto, going through Capricorn, which is a, um, a sign associated with government, is that the idea of norms is a very bad idea. You have to have laws. You have to have enforceable laws. We had a mayor in Toronto who, as you know, the crack smoking uh, uh, 
you know, mayor who who would not resign, even though he was, you know, very troubled and was not helpful to the city because there were no laws in place. Nobody had the rule book. And when you have these people that come in and break the rules and say, hey, no consequences. So I think Pluto revealed the shadow side of there are there's reasons we need limits. There's reason we need laws. So I'll be interesting to see what Pluto brings in terms of the shadow side of technology. I think we're already seeing some of it, but it also might reveal where we have to put down laws, where we have to put some controls. You can't just say we can't just threaten people on the internet. You shouldn't be able to do that. You should be able to have some reasonable limits on this. So maybe that will be, but it will be a long, arduous, and probably a very messy process. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and they, you know, this is where a, a prayer would be that an association that is actually really interesting. Scorpio is often associated with the idea of truth, seeing things as they are, hence the idea of a, of a detective, someone who's looking for the, the the data, the precise, what's underneath this, what's really happening. So in that sense, Pluto could be a force for, for that very thing as a counter to what's happened in the last 15 or so years with Neptune and Pisces, where this information has grown a lot. So Pluto going through Aquarius and the possibility of that becoming a value that people aspire toward. And you, you always hope that society will move that way. And so in a sense, for example, disenfranchise and really turn against people that are liars, that are making up stories. And when it comes to media, by the way, because I've had arguments uh, with people that are, you know, the tilt to the right, uh, Either they're Trumpists or they're pretending to be something else, but really they are Trumpists. And I just say to them, look, the reason we're arguing is because your media sources and my media sources are different. Yeah. How would you know anything? But here's the problem. Your media sources are lying to you because things turn out approximately how my media sources say they're going to yeah. turn out. <laughs> Not like how your media sources say. So you basically keep getting the message that some conspiracy is happening because they're telling you this, when in reality you could find out what's really happening by just paying attention to you know, normal media like Washington Post, New York Times, these are outlets that check their data, that check their sources, and then tell you the story. Your your people just make it up, whole cloth. Then you complain, oh, well, you know, Trump really won the election because there were votes down on the river. Which river? Which votes? They never appear, right? And then you stay angry and you keep perpetuating the same problem. Right. So, you know, truth is kind of important. And truth... Oh, it's not important. To, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, exactly. That's my prayer for Pluto and Aquarius. I know that it's a little bit idealistic, but uh, I'm hoping, you know, that it'll things will turn that way, even if it's only as a, at least as a reaction. You know, like how you put it, the norms have to be made into laws so that you can't get people right. like this who take advantage you know, right. of the Right. The and, and I think where well, the legal situation is really, it's, it's interesting, and Pluto may be, again, showing this, you talked about your truth and my truth. It doesn't matter, but extreme left people can also be also often do sure, sure, uh, done yeah. truths, a crazy truth. Like that Seaman Hirsch trying to accuse the United States of being the the the, the people that uh, took out that Nord Stream thing in near Russia. I mean, it's bizarre. But you so you get on both sides extremes. But my view of it is, look, the the truth often does. I know there's all these people thinking there's all these conspiracies that have been held for years. Everything comes to light eventually, right? And one thing that I note is that only one station keeps being sued and successfully so and has to give a lot of money. One, not even one station, one owner of one station keeps planning himself in this in the UK, in the US. And so to ignore that kind of evidence, right, is to me shocking because again, you're selecting. But I, I'm going to argue that people who do so 
are not connecting to their own Pluto disempowerment. And so they feel empowered by virtue of saying, I will scream. I will find somebody else to hold this pain for me. And and we and this whole idea of archetypal evil, it can take us to places. Marie Louise von Franz, uh, you know, who did all these analyses of the fairy tales I'm talking about, who I really liked, always said, be careful not to touch archetypal evil too much. Like, you know, you got to be careful with it. It can take you over. And so the idea is if you work within, and this is where I go back to, and maybe we can end here is that is the way you don't project it. That's why you don't, you're not recruited into a movement that actually otherizes and hurts other people, but it takes a lot of self-awareness and a lot of willingness to, to look at some really dark things about yourself, like really, really look. And that's painful. And that's, I think why more people aren't doing it, but yeah, my hope is the same as for you that, that you have, I'm sorry, that things will change because people will do some inner work. And if you have enough people, not everybody, but if you have enough people, maybe we can reconstruct things so that they're not, or, you know, you're never going to have perfection in any level, but it can make it a little bit better. Yeah. And these are the, the stories that come this age. Every age has its stories. These just happen to be the stories of the time, you know, yeah. Yeah, it's never been great and it never will be great. It will just be whatever we can solve at any given moment, you know? Right. Exactly. I mean, when it comes to the, the, the whole future of the country and all that, there are, you know, the cycles do repeat, and yeah. again, it is a, it's an expression of hope. But the the last conflict, which was difficult, was resolved, so that things did improve. They didn't improve completely or perfectly, but they improved. Right. And there's good reason to believe the same thing can happen again. And, right. and there, there, for example, if the rule of law continues, then it'll hold up the the system, basically yeah. bringing people into account. And it's when that completely breaks down, you know, then you get total chaos where it's a free-for-all and it's it's a, the rule of the mob, right? That's right. what cannot happen. Right? And that is the the warning that Jung left us with. He said that it's if enough people don't do their inner work, you will have a total breakdown because you will have too many forces that implode within. You don't need to go outside even. You see the implosion. And so, you know, we leave we leave everybody with this. Do your inner work. <laughs> Look yes, inside. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That, that, make it work. Okay, until next time then again. Yeah, we'll talk here next time. Oh, yeah, that's an interesting one. And then we'll talk, we'll bring in Pluto and the demotion because I think they are linked very interestingly, but we'll talk about that next time. Great. All right. Thanks for listening today. If you want to hear more about all of this, go to YouTube where you will find Andre's channel called Astrology Alert. He posts videos there almost daily. He also teaches classes through his Patreon account. You can find me at sophiacycles.com. If you want to support my work, I've recently released a new novel called Invocation, which you may find of interest. Go to my website to see a book trailer about it. It's available in all fine bookstores, including Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Finally, if you like this podcast, please rate it and leave a review so that others will find it as well. <laughs>